Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, just getting started here. Me and Jared were just going through our normal job routine, going through the funds, the ins, the outs, whatever you want to call it. Um, Today we are drinking Rio Salado, I would call that, Mexican lager from Hus Brewing Co. We'll give you a little bit of a ranking on it um, in 20 minutes. Jared, what are we talking about today, man? Oh, today we're going to be talking about probably, I would say it's garnered a little bit of attention over the last three or four months. A few different articles coming out about it, but it's essentially... In this remote first mindset or of employees and employers at times, what's the status on having two plus jobs? <laughs> now, there's a big difference of what you're calling two plus jobs because I think a lot of people might have like a side hustle. Thank you for clarifying. Go ahead. Right. So, you know, the gig economy, like if you work 40 hours a week for a company and then you do a little Ubering after hours on the weekends, maybe you bartend. Um, maybe, uh, you're a photographer, you know, whatever you moonlight as. Okay. I don't think there's ever been a problem with that or even a discussion where what we're going to be talking about today to clarify is holding two 40 hour full-time jobs through two separate employers Mm -hmm. coincidingly during eight to five business hours. So, you know, working remote from your office that we're in right now stating that you're working from eight to five to two separate companies, <clears throat> collecting two paychecks. And, and, and guys, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the, some of the extremes. It's not just people working two jobs. There are people bro, working five, six, seven jobs. They're I making $600,000 a year. I saw $1.3 million, three jobs, <laughs> three jobs. And that, I, those are big numbers, Holy but there were software developers for like big, you know, tech companies, senior engineers or something like that. Um, still, whatever the numbers are, you're working two jobs, you're working 80 hours a week, supposedly, right? That's, that would be how you would do that. So today, we're going to get into the nitty gritty. Are you working 80 hours a week? You know, because a salary job, that's kind of the expectation is 40 hours. But yep. uh <clears throat> What do you think about this firsthand? Because you saw it on the radar. We've talked about it kind of one-off conversations. We have, we have. So my initial gut, I was like, oh, that's that's kind of messed up. Yeah. But then I started doing a little bit more research. I started just thinking about it. I've been chewing on this for for a, a little while actually now, you know, ever since I saw this coming on down, on down the pipe. So I uh, uh, mixed emotions is my I, official I answer. would say so too. I think I could lean either way on on it. There are some kind of ethical issues, of course, wait, because they're, at some point you're going to be lying to your employer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I found really interesting is the secrecy aspect of it. You know, in today's connected world, especially professionally, it's like a LinkedIn. What, I do, saw you, that. do you not add your coworkers at your second job? No, you don't. And, and there's even a website. I don't know if you saw it. It's called <clears throat> Overworked. Overworked. You saw that. that. That is kind of like the main proponent of it. They tell you the best practices to do this. They are LinkedIn, so keep your original job on there, the one you have, you know, kind of a, a a long history with, and then your second job, just don't add it and make excuses on adding it, and never, you know, be active on LinkedIn. 
Well, you know, it's funny that you just use the word active. I guess it's a little bit of a stretch, but they kept on celebrating average. Oh my gosh. It, it, it was literally saying, don't do too much. Don't get noticed. Don't, don't be a bum. Still do your job. Blend in. Yeah. Don't go above and beyond. I saw, especially on that website, multiple other sources. <laughs> kind of funny to think about. Cause you know, now, now granted, um, unfortunately it's not exactly the norm to, to want to take on more and, and yeah. progress. And they say exactly. Don't do that. That was exactly. Don't take on more than, but, you uh, <laughs> it's really kind of interesting because the, the caliber of person that could ethically pull off, you know, two full-time jobs or plus would need to be that person genuinely wired. Yeah. So it, it's counterintuitive, right? The person that wants to do more work probably could do two jobs mm-hmm. to your point, but the person that they're kind of recommending do it, is the one that said, hey, push the job to somebody else. I saw that on Overworked. Literally, their website <clears> said, hey, you know what? Use this sentence. And at this point, most jobs that are allowing full-time remote work, like, let's just be honest. It's mostly kind of techie companies or or forward-thinking companies. Use the term, hey, man, I'm really, or hey, whoever I'm yeah, talking to. Yeah, it's more professional. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really um, overworked at this point. Um, would you mind handing this to somebody else? Like they had that kind of strategy. And I think right now in the world of, you know, uh, what's it called when somebody is uh, burned out? I think it's called burning out or yeah, burned out, right? Yeah. That in the world where people are afraid that their employees might be burned out, managers might say, oh, shit, you know what? Maybe maybe Jared's a little burned out right now. I will put this task on somebody else. Little do I know the reason you're burned out is you're working two jobs. So super fun. Um, I'll give you some quick stats here. I, I put these in my top category of stats because they blew me away. Is one of them 79%? Oh, yes, it is. U.S. News says 79% of full-time remote or hybrid employees are working two jobs at once. Mm-hmm. So just to be clear, guys, this is a December of last month, December 2022. Uh, U.S. News did a survey of what they call remote workers. This is four to five days a week. Majority of them are five days a week working. So this is the qualifier. You know, 79% sounds like, oh my God, more than half of Americans. No, more than half of Americans that are working out of their home are having two jobs. So you might say, there's no way. There is no way three quarters of Americans that are working at home are doing this. Even if you don't think that's true. The second stat I saw that was done by the New York Journal was 57%. So either one of those, let's just say it falls somewhere in between those two. 60%. Exactly. Let's go conservative. Exactly. Half of full-time remote workers or more are currently currently working two full-time jobs with two companies that are unknowingly of it. Mm -hmm. That's significant. It probably is the first time of this in history, I would say. Well, I would say simply just because of the times, right? I mean... Never, outside of sales, probably. Is there any other no. industry? Outside of sales, I wouldn't say that remote work has ever been this popularized. You know what? Right? It's kind of funny. It's kind of hits home to you for you. Maybe an architect or a designer of some sort. Good point. Right? Somebody that's working, you know, probably, you know, <clears throat> I would say most of them, if they're going to work two, from two firms, they're probably going to go out on their own. W- would but you? still. Would you almost say like it's it's really individual contributor versus kind of teamwork? 
needed? Sales is an individual. Yeah, you're on a sales team, but truthfully, you <clears throat> don't give a shit what your colleagues do, right? 100%. You have your numbers, you have your metrics. Yeah, 100%. To, where, be, to where that's a little bit needed, like an accounting team or yeah. a design team or eh, depending on the, the contract of the team, right? Or a construction team, et cetera. Yeah, engineer possibly of some sort. They might be able to do it two times, you know, because I think most engineers are probably just trying to figure out problems and they probably could do it from their home office. And very, very close is software engineers definitely can do this from home. Right. This is actually the most common job right now that people are, are kind of moonlighting two jobs. But dude, 79% I saw that. I love that you saw that as well. Um, what was this? Uh, some double jobbers have decided that they aren't stopping at two full-time jobs. Yeah, admitted to working five full-time jobs. Um, currently earning... Right now, $1.2 million a year with holding five jobs. All right. So what's crazy to me, <clears throat> so, so I started seeing some of those, those upper echelon figures, you know, 600, 700 plus, right? So what I, whenever I originally started going down that rabbit hole, what I was thinking is like, oh, I'm going to be like a, an executive admin for four different companies, four different C-suites or whatever, oh, yeah. making, you know, Sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, and I'll do that for four different companies, pulling three hundred. I had no idea. I mean, dude, that person that's making one point two across three jobs—that means an average four hundred thousand dollars a year is what you're making. Well, th that was five jobs. He said. Oh, I thought it was three. Okay, I apologize. Five, yeah. three hundred thousand. Yeah, that, that's an like, absurd amount of money. Th that, that is that is an upper echelon type money. Like you're one of the top earners at a company making that kind of money. Depending on the size of the company. I would say course. it's 1% earner a year. There's 1% oh, oh. of the population that earns that much money a year. No, but I was just talking about it from like the, the individual company standpoint is what I was saying. Yeah, 0.001% of yeah. the company. Yeah. Right? So so that's where I'm like, it, seems... it got me thinking different because that's where my opinion, and I'll get into it a little bit more. Okay. It changes on the role. Oh, okay. I know that's weird. And it's no, 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 kind of gray, fine. but yeah, yeah, no. it changed on the role. Yeah, and when I was looking through this, the, the the job or the role that I found that came up the most often, and I watch a lot of YouTubers on this, because there's actually, it's, <laughs> this is weird, but there's actually like a YouTube community uh, of speaking out about this and, and talking about how they're currently holding two roles, what to be on the lookout for, and things like that. And I just see that, and I'm like, wait a minute here. <laughs> Would you be making your face public? Would you be making your name public? Hell no. No, you're trying to be normal. <clears throat> so, but, but see, what an oxymoron. You, you can't be normal making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year at one job. Yeah, and so here's a job that I found that was the most common. So for any of our listeners that's thinking, man, I want to do this. The job that came up the most, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I didn't really even know this job was so prevalent but it was called a product designer, all right? And so in most tech companies, there is a person that is responsible for the UX experience of mm -hmm. the app or the website. Okay, and UX is? Uni uh, user, user experience. experience. So if you think about it, like if you open up any one of your apps on your phone, you know, someone that says, oh, the button should go here or the time of this video should be this. So they're the one that kind of own the experience with the product, and they're the ones that, you know, kind of design it. They're an engineer, but not like a Cody engineer. They're not doing a bunch of coding, if you think about that. So these are the guys and gals 
in these roles that are earning pretty good amount of money, you know, $200,000, $250,000 a year. And what I found out from a couple of them, and this kind of changed my perspective a little bit, they found that when they got promoted, so a lot of them were like, let's say they were at Meta, which is Facebook. They were a junior engineer earning $170,000 a year. Big money, right? Big money. Well, they could become a senior engineer and earn two fifteen, and that's really where their their uh, their career kind of usually stops, unless they want to become an executive. And let's just be honest: there's not hundreds of executives, right? There's no. going to be a select few. So that's where most people kind of stop their career at, and they're a product designer for the rest of their life. At two fifteen, like I think most people are happy there. Let's be Again, honest: that's one percent of the population. Yeah. So they look at it like this: okay. I can do a junior engineer or junior product designer job for 170. I'm really good at it. I'm actually gonna get promoted to a senior at 215. Pretty good bump. Or I can do two junior product designer jobs. I got this in the bag in my first job. I can do this in 10, 20 hours a week. Well, actually, we're not actually highlighting the strategy there because I believe this was an overworked as well. This only works if you become very, very, very competent in your first job. That's what I meant, right? I can okay, do it in 10 I, I to just wanted to explicitly hours. say that, yeah. I can do my first job in 10 to 20 hours a week. I got this. Meta thinks I'm, I'm competent. I'm going to get high. I'm going to get promoted. I'm going to decline the promotion, and then I'm going to put my name on the street, and all of a sudden, I get hired by Airbnb, and they're going to pay me $170,000 as a junior product designer. So now I'm bringing in $360,000. I double my income. I'm making $150,000 more than I would have at my first company with a senior position. I have less responsibility. I have no people that I'm responsible for. I'm not a senior anymore. I'm not a senior. But making more money than a senior. I'm making almost twice as much as a senior. Mm -hmm. I saw that and I was like, man, that is an interesting gameplay. So this is is kind of a silly. Dude, you must love this. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I just gave away what Jared thinks because wow. how fast he drank it. Wow. I'm sorry. I forgot. Wow. I forgot. Our long-term listeners know what he just did. Oh, shit. Anyways. Um, so I just want to think about this. So I understand we're talking about employees, right? Because there's almost this, this untalked about loyalty that's expected whenever I, as an employer, extend a, an opportunity of employment where you were going to be 100% focused on me. Yeah. But why are we not talking about, it's pretty rare for an employer, an entrepreneur to only own one company. So why aren't we talking about, you know, those serial entrepreneur types that, that they have five different things going on in, in five different areas? Elon Musk just bought Twitter. Now he's got his, it's even more. Yeah, because like there's it. so many synergies between Twitter and Tesla and SpaceX. <laughs> There's none, right? <laughs> right. So, all right. We did just crack our second beer. But I do want to, I don't know if you, you have anything to add to that, but do you find it a little weird that all this research is viewed on the, the employee, not the employer? Yeah, no, I, I think, no. It, I started thinking about it, and the idea that when you're a soured employee, are you working from 8 to 5? Now, some, some roles do require 8 to 5 work, Imagine a phone call coming in and you're a, uh, a service person. You know, you're providing uh, support, mm-hmm. customer support. 
their business hours are eight to five and you promise them eight to five business hours. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're working two jobs, let's be honest, you cannot take that phone call as, uh, as a high priority if you have another job that's doing the same thing. Right. And so there are some jobs that do limit you 100%. And I would say your service levels would go down. Would you not agree? Agree. Okay. Now, it might not be not all roles, and I think that's what you're going to try to get to. There might be some roles that, who cares? Do you do Uber 40 hours a week, and do you also do this 40 hours a week? I don't, I don't really care. I think most people would say, who cares? Maybe you work Uber 100 hours a week. Well, I think we're about to start calling on a lot of parallels with the four-day work week in this episode. From a clock watcher to a productive worker. Yeah. So Okay, so... Here you picked that, buddy. You want to yep. introduce it again? This is uh, Huss's Brewing Company, Rio Salado, Mexican Lager. Um, all right, oh, let's see. Right oh, you want to go for it? Oh. Uh, we built Huss Brewery on the very site of Tempe's own Rio Salado Brewing. <coughs> Known for their German-style lagers, we honor them with this original throwback to the original Mexican-style beers brewed with Vienna, mal- <laughs> Vienna malts and flaked maize. Yeah. Okay. Maize is like corn. <laughs> Showca- yeah, I knew that, but flaked maize, that's, that's weird. It is weird. Okay. Uh, and flaked maize showcasing a delicious, crisp, light lager. Hmm. Um, and I think the the general can, I'm going to say, very light colored, kind of in a Mexican theme. Um, yeah. You know, it's got some flowering. It's got some kind of unique writing, very... Um, Dude, as 4.8 or 4.6 ABV? 4.6? Yeah, very after after, uh, after last episode's half it real quick. Um, whenever you drink this, is the opening sharp on your lip? Is it sharper than a normal can? Or am I just making things up? Because this is the second beer in a row. Like, I, I noticed on the first, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just being weird. Um, but I feel like it's sharper than a normal. Like, it was like almost like miss. You maybe got some big lips. Um, I'm not noticing that. Okay. But I am looking at this hole and it actually looks a little bigger. Yeah. Does it look whiter to well, you? Whenever whenever I noticed it cutting my, my upper lips, I'm like, it did. Huh. That'd be weird. I, I would imagine all these cans are producing one single factory, to be honest. Wouldn't you think that? Yeah. Like it's a reasonable expectation. It's like one spec. Um so you picked this up. What what made you grab it, Jerry? Honestly, it was it was like kind of this this bright white and blue packaging. I thought it was it was kind of fun. Hus Brewing. We've had a couple of other of these. We have. Um what are you thinking? You're drinking pretty fast, and I kind of gave that away. So, you, so I'm guessing you're not liking this as much. I'm, I'm not a fan. I think this is, uh, it's not bad. It's just very forgettable. I, I'm not picking up anything, actually. So with that, I'm going to give it a 2-0. This is, it's not that it's bad. Like, if someone put this in front of me and it was free, I'm going to drink it. But there's nothing to remember about this beer. Yeah. I pick up literally no nothing of notes of anything. So... I would give it a 1.5. Okay. I think it's not that good of a beer. Um, I like Mexican lagers. Like if there was a Tecate light right here, I'd drink that. If there was a Corona light, I'd drink it. I think this is a full flavored Mexican beer. And I don't think a lot of people like full flavored Mexican beers in most cases. Um, You know, if you think of a Corona, I don't think Corona is drinking as much as a Corona light. Um, It's got kind of a weird... Back of the tongue taste, almost like a bitterness to it, dude. I'm not even getting that. I'm literally not. That's why, I, like, I I can't go in the ones because I think that's like a bad beer. 
but just yeah, like if this was free, I would I would drink it. I would not order it again. Oh, I wouldn't order it again. But if someone ordered it for me and put it in front of me, I'm not going to let beer go to waste. Let's be real, guys. Yeah. Um. But there's just nothing. I'm not picking up anything. No, I don't like the bitterness of it. Back of the taste, whatever that's going on there. So, guys, um, like I said, what did I say? 1.5? 1.5. Yeah, 1.5. I put two. Two O. Maybe I'll soft. Sorry, Hus Brewing. Um. Also, let's call myself out. So this morning, I'm sorry, uh, last night, packing my gym bag. And these are kind of like dark gray pants. I don't have any, you know, dark gray socks to, to match. Do you go ankle socks and go this little fruity European look? Or do you go mismatching socks? Clearly, I made the decision, but I'm curious what you would have done. Oh, I, I like you're, you're calling yourself out just to oh, yeah. make well, it seem like a big We're on video, video now, so yeah. <laughs> there's um, not a lot of hiding. You know, I would say... So you see, I'm wearing gray socks. I do. We're actually wearing very similar shoes, if not the exact same shoes. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're the exact same. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're wearing black. <laughs> I swear we're not the same person here. Nope. Um, I I don't ever do that personally. Okay. But if I'm wearing like a pair of like uh, joggers, I will do that. Okay. But I even think it's kind of weird. But I've started recently doing it because it's definitely on trend right now. I know you're cool. Right, it's on trend, and I'm like, you know, that's why I thought I could get away with it, but I felt uncomfortable all day. Yeah, so I'm watching it, and it makes you look on trend. I don't think it's like, oh, he's weird. I like how you use the word fruity because I think most people might say, oh, it's a little fruity, but um, it's on trend right now. And dude, we're in Arizona. I don't think most people are going to say anything in Arizona because it's just always hotter here. Yeah. So you're not that big of a deal if you were like, you know, in in San Francisco or if you were like in New York right now Fit doing right that. In. You fit in, but I also be like, oh, you're like super trendy. In Arizona, it's like, oh, dude, it's just fucking hot. Like, you don't want to wear like warm, like hot socks. You see, so you get a little bit of a climate fix. This is kind of what sucks about this time of the year is like, it's cold in the morning and it warms up quick. Like, I'm wearing a sweater, but I could be wearing a t shirt. Either one. Either one. But you wore that sweater this morning because it's cold this morning. 100%. Yeah. It's 35 degrees out in the morning, yeah. and then it gets up to 70 in the middle of the day. Yeah. People don't realize what that kind of feels like. Okay, so back on topic here. All right, so. I got a couple things to go through. All right, all right. So, real quick, for anybody that's trying to do this, want to throw this out there. Legality, not illegal. I'll say IRS does not care. As long as your income is reported. Well, IRS, but also it's not illegal like with state laws or employment laws or companies can't hold you liable for doing this. In most cases, there is no type of legality. Now, before we recommend doing this, there is somewhat of a contracting issue that you could be held liable for um, not doing the job that you were hired for if you don't actually complete the job you were hired for. So if you get two jobs, it can be demanding, I would imagine, right? And at some point, you might have to miss a meeting. You might have to have to miss a deadline. Take PTO. Bingo. And that's all that. From often. one job. Exactly. To, to meet deadlines. And so that is actually a legality where somebody can say, hey, guys, uh, sorry, this is rooms for firing. Or all of a sudden, we find out you have two jobs. You've been using our time that we've been paying you to do other people's work, which that is kind of illegal. There's, there's a contract in place there for that. So just from a legality standpoint, it's not illegal to do as long as you're doing um, the work contracted for. I want to throw that out there. Um, let's see. 
What else did I want to throw out there? Wall Street Journal. Dude, this is crazy. So Wall Street Journal, when they did a uh, a review of over 5,000 people that stated that they had two jobs, they actually examined the offer letters. Like, it wasn't just like, because I think some of this might be a little hyperbole. The amounts of money that are being thrown around here feel a little excessive. I, don't I couldn't think believe so? it. Okay. I think so too. We're talking truly, like, dude, so I'm a business owner. So I'm Jared Jones LLC. If I'm paying someone two to $300,000 a year and I'm a small business owner Damn and you, well. and you have the, you have the time in your day to work multiple jobs. I'm not getting my money's worth that, honestly. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. Like, so, but they, so Wall Street Journal, they said, Hey, I think they even thought, guys, these amounts of money don't sound right. Nope, they're all right. They actually, out of the 5,000 people that they surveyed, 5,000 plus, they examined offer letters from companies. They looked at employment contracts and also even looked at pay stubs of the people that they surveyed, which is pretty invasive. But I guess these these individuals are like, hey, I'm, I am doing it. Don't disclose my name. Don't talk to my companies. But here, here you go. You can look at it all. So these people, they they gave it to them and even verified that they were on the court corporate email list so they were employed by these people congruently so it's semi-legit at this point i i was i was discounting a lot of this and thinking these are just you know people that are lying a little bit so i discounted it but let's say you just take it down letting you de-risk it by 50 percent dude they're still making crazy amounts of money doing this i know i know so the only the other thing I wanted to go through, and then we can kind of sh- chit chat here a little bit. I thought it was kind of funny. I think this was done by McKinsey and Co. So big consulting firm guys. Heard of them? <laughs> oh, so who's able to take advantage of this? I wanted to kind of find figure this out, and and so I started. Are you talking about demographics wise? Yeah, yeah. Like who actually is able to do this? Like who's the people that are able to do it? Um, so remote work is the primary indicator of the ability to take care of this because you can't be in two places at once. Yeah. So got to be remote work. You got to be at home. Remote work. Um, and so you look at it, and right now in the McKinsey report, this is of 14,000 people that were surveyed. And, and guys, this is all industries. So you got to remember, truck drivers, not remote work. Fast food servers, not remote work. Grocery store clerks, not remote work. All industries. 38% of men state that they have the ability for remote work. Okay. 30% of women and 15% of non-binary people state that they have the ability for remote work, uh, working full-time. Um, the demographics, it's actually the old, uh, younger ind- individuals uh, have the ability for it. So the people between 18 and 34 uh, range, but uh, really about... Uh, Let's say a third of them have the ability. Older people don't have the ability for whatever reason. Maybe because they're not as computer savvy, whatever it may be. Uh, Race, pretty much the exact same across the board. White, black, Hispanic, uh, Asian American, almost all the exact same. Um, You see the, uh, as your education level goes up, you see an increase in the ability to remote work. That makes sense, right? If you don't have a high school diploma, you're probably not working at a techie type job in most cases. Um, if you have a bachelor's degree or an advanced degree, it's upwards of 40 to 50% uh, ability to for remote work. 
advanced degree being the highest, which is interesting. This is probably like a, a PhD of some sort, which kind of makes sense if you're at a university. Well, anything advances, master's and above, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, annual income, exact same thing as education. As your income goes up, you'll see a uh, direct kind of correlation to the ability for remote work. And so the only anomaly on this entire chart that sounds kind of a little weird is the gender. So men, women, both have a very similar amount. Women actually have a 3.1% um, ability to remote work. So this means of the percentage of employed re respondents, did they have remote work available? Let's just give you an example. Men, 38% said that remote work was available. So like, for example, I have the ability for remote work from my office. Of those with the remote work option, do you take it? Do you actually leverage it? Do you use it? So of men, 38% of them, how many days do you actually take remote work? 2.9. So three days, let's be honest, right? They're taking three days off if they have the option to. Women are 3.1, so a little higher. Yeah. Here's the only anomaly in, t in the entire chart, which is very, uh, very odd. Of the amount of people that uh, state that they are non-binary in the gender, they take four days off if they have the option to. So that was the only one that was kind of an anomaly that I thought was kind of odd. I was wondering why non-binary people choose to take an additional day off than everybody else. Interesting. There's nothing else that seems, everything else is three days. They're the ones that are taking one extra day for whatever reason. I don't know why McKinsey didn't have any type of answer, but they even <clears throat> stated that that was a anomaly within all the Statistical surveys. anomaly, I think yeah, what's it called. Was a, yeah. Yeah, it was an outlier, essentially. Um, oh, now was it an outlier? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a distinct outlier. Everything else was between 2.5 and 3.2. Wow. And they were four. 4.0. So they took four days off a week on average if they had the ability to. They also had less days offered to them on average, though, which is weird. Um, and so to answer your question, and then we'll get back into kind of our fun stuff here, but I uh, want to kind of get an idea. So, hey, maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to have two jobs. What kind of jobs do you have? What are the most likely jobs? You want to take a couple guesses at all or top three, top four? Dude, I still thought, you know, admin type roles, executive admin type roles. That's so weird that you think that that is not on the list at all. Dude, because I just think it'd be so easy to monitor some fucking calendars for a few executives. Yeah, I don't see it here. And maybe it's not like on your, you know what? There is actually right here. Like an EA? It says administrative support. Uh, okay. Maybe. I just feel like that could be easier depending on how proficient you are with well, three or four different executives. I would say, especially in the industry that we're in, I think a lot of EAs are in-person request. They attend meetings with you. They take notes for you. And a lot of things are, hey, Jared, I just talked to uh, John. Would you mind throwing a, a four o'clock on Thursday for me and send him in the invite? I think when you're in that position with an EA, you're probably just stating it to them. Because mm. if you can write the email or make a phone call to them, you probably could have just done it yourself. Yeah. So an EA is probably most practical being like right there. There are remote EAs though. There are, but I would imagine the best EAs are sitting like within You're arm's probably reach. Right. So, um, all right, so I would, 
Say sales. Sales is on here, but they are not a top five, top 10 even. Kind of crazy. Wow. Sales is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 on the list. They are literally in the bottom 10 versus the top 10. Wow. Okay. No sales. Okay. Um, oh, real estate agents. That's sales, but... Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know if... Yeah, it's not that big. So, you know, it's funny. I bet you because of sales, the reason it's not on here is I bet the majority of sales professionals or sales individuals are probably in an inside sales role making cold yeah. calls. So, if you're doing a general survey, they're going to fall into... In, they're not going to be working from home. So, here, here they are. The top ones. Computer or mathematical coders. <laughs> this, this is, this is a, a, a computer engineer... A, a uh, essentially somebody that writes code. Fifty-two percent of them stated that they had the ability to work from home, and they work three days on average from home. Business and financial operators. So this is kind of like uh, your finance team, your operator. That's uh, accounting strange. Team. Yeah, what well, I can see that. Um, here's the third one, and I, I I didn't even think about this earlier when I stated it. Architectural and engineering. Forty-seven percent of them. We're gonna get on Brit's ass. What are you doing, girl? Working from home. Going in the office. What are you doing? Here is a high, it's super high. They're actually the highest. I would say they're an outlier from the days they choose to work from home. Arts, design, entertainment, sports, media. 53% of them have the ability to work from home, and they choose to work from home four days a week. So this is your artsy people. This is like your graphic designer type people. Mm. They... They love working from home more than any other group. <laughs> and they have the option. Even more than sales? Way more. Twice as much. Twice more. So, oh, funny. Sales does choose to work from home very often, but they don't have the option to in some cases. And I could see that. No. I could see that. So that's always such a strange thing. So, like, whenever I travel, let's say I'm gone for three days next week. Am I... Counted in the survey as working from home three days because I'm not in the office. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, that's a weird, weird one. Well, it is average days per week worked remotely. Well, and sales is actually very high. And that probably makes sense. Why? Because if you're traveling. You're working remotely. Yeah. Quite literally. Um, yeah. So there's a 3.3. I would say most sales, you know, people that are, tr are, are outside sales people, they're probably working out in the field probably one to two days a week. You know, we're probably kind of privileged in our roles, honestly, where, you know, maybe it's, you know, a couple times a month mm -hmm. that you're on the road, but some salespeople are on the road every week. Oh my gosh. My buddy's dad for 30 years, Monday through Thursday. Yeah. Flew out on a Monday, flew back on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. yeah, my dad, that yeah. My dad was gone, you know, Friday through Sunday, which, which is a weird sales schedule. Most salespeople work during the week. But he was always gone on the weekends. My dad, I grew up with my dad always being gone, you know, pretty much Thursday or Friday through Sunday afternoon. And then he'd be home Monday through Wednesday. That was his weekend. Yeah. Well, not really, because that was actually his real work hours. <laughs> to be honest, that was his real work hours as Monday through At Friday. Rancho? Uh-huh. Yeah. So his, he would always do conferences and most off-road events. Something tells me a Rancho conference is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Cars, trucks. Yeah. But still, conferences, but then also majority of his events were off-road events, which are consumer-focused, where consumers only are able to go out on the weekends. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of consumer shows are always on Friday through Sundays. Wow. So he would always be at those. So, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, say sales is 100% not working for us, but it seems like they are on the road often, but their ability to work from home seems to be low. Mm. Uh, that's kind of an anomaly almost. Okay. That's what I have for some stats, man. I, I just want to go through some of the basic stuff. Um, so you said in the beginning of this, mm-hmm. you think that the job matters or, or yeah. the role matters. Yeah. What do you mean by that? So I think it's, I'm not trying to be rude here, but I think we can all come to a common understanding that there are certain jobs and companies that are clearly more complicated and less complicated. W- would you agree with that? You know, I don't know, man. I'll give you, I'm so sorry if you're like for a, complicated. If you're like a virtual receptionist. Yeah. Do you think that would be a, a lot less stressful and a lot less harder than let's say a controller? For a company, I'm not trying to complicate this. Yeah, on yeah. Purpose. Let's let's, I'm let's talk it through. To, yeah, I'm maybe tr- I'm maybe I'm oversimplifying. I'm not trying to complicate this on purpose, and I know I I, I come off always as oh, a devil's advocate every single time. But it's weird because I've been actually thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking about does our economy reward the people that work the hardest? Does our economy reward? Well, no. Right, because I mean, let's take construction workers for example. That's exactly where I was going. So, just for an example, this last weekend, I'm in my backyard for all of our listeners, and um, me and my wife decided, you know, we're, we were we we're gonna do a vegetable area where we're gonna do a bunch of vegetables, and um, we had this in our last house, and I was like, hey, how are we gonna do this? And uh, we're gonna do a raised garden bed. It's gonna be three feet wide and twenty two feet long against a wall. Perfect. Okay, I was like, okay. So. Here's the two options of how we can, you know, kind of make a brick wall around it. So similar to actually how you have that kind of raised bed in the back. I said, hey, so I can do these uh, paver type stones or I can do like a cinder block and paint them white so they match our back fence. My wife's like, let's do the cinder block. I'm like, okay, fuck, I've never done that before, but I'll figure it out. And guys, just so you know. It's a lot of dirt. (laughs) I'm the personal guy. I'm the guy that thinks I can just do it. Personally, I'm not going to go hire someone to do this. So I go buy all the cinder block, right? I buy all the concrete. I buy all the mortar. And uh, I start. I start doing it on Sunday, right? I wake up in the morning. I figure it all out. And I start moving. I start, I pour concrete and I start setting my concrete, my blocks in there and making sure they're all level, right? These are all things that you don't, you think you're saying another. No, no, no. You got to make sure it's level because you got to build it up. It's got to look professional. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure it's that bottom block has, is the foundation quite literally. Bingo. It's the foundation. I'm going three levels up. It doesn't sound like much, but if that bottom one's off, as soon as somebody sits on the top one, it's going to fall over. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it and I, I, I'm doing this all by myself. So I, I mix concrete. It's starting to dry. I'm letting concrete or I'm putting a block down. I got to make sure that's level. I have a string line for it to make sure that it's straight. So what I'm trying to get to, right? In my kind of convoluted kind of example here is it was very hard. Like I sat there and I, we can go out there and go, look, I laid about 10 linear feet of a three foot wall. I, I was proud of myself. I told my wife that it's sun's already down. I have a light out there. 
I ran out of mortar, so I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to end. I was proud of myself. Like, man, this is this is cool. I did a nice job. It's a level. Looks good. Straight line. But the whole time I was thinking, I was like, what the fuck? This is hard. This is really hard work. The cinder block. My forearms were burning. Right, my grip, my hands are still messed up from a week ago, from just gripping those bricks. And I was thinking, a bricklayer, how much do they make per brick? Twenty cents, maybe twenty cents, exactly. And I was thinking, okay, that's hard work. Now I get it. There's a high percentage of people that can do that because the skill required was learnable, and I learned it. I'm not saying I'm proficient at it. But probably if I did that 10 times, I would become prof- proficient. Some jobs take longer to become proficient at. But it's still hard the 11th time, the 12th time, the third time, or, or whatever so, time it is. So I guess so it's I hard. guess my struggle is, is defining hard. Exactly. Because I would also say that it's very difficult to be able to drive an executive towards a very strategic vision. 100%. Right. So how are we defining hard? Is it literally the amount of hours you sweat to complete the task? And that's where I, I'm trying to say. I don't know I don't how know you define either. it. I don't know. That's I've been thinking about. It. I, I thought about the whole time I was out there because I'm out there for seven hours. Right. And I'm just thinking to my I'm literally in my own mind lane brick. And the whole time I was thinking, I wonder if our economy rewards the people properly. I know we reward people based on their skill set. And their ability to do a job that somebody else cannot do. It's a supply and demand thing. There's a large supply of people that probably can figure out how to lay bricks. Right? And there's a good amount of demand. How many people can trade stocks on the stock exchange? Mm -hmm. Very little amount of people that have a Series 7. So guess what? You have to pay them more because there's a low supply. supply. Exactly. So I get why our economy is set up this way. Now, am I saying it's right, though? I don't. That's just how it is. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm sorry for messing now, it, you up. And I didn't interpret that as messing me up. I mean, honestly, that's a valid point. But that bricklayer, we're not talking about him because that is not a remote <laughs> yeah. job. Yes. You're, you're right. So so that's why, sorry, no, yeah. me no disrespect, but it's not, a, it's not in this conversation. It can't even be possible. Like, Maybe like a fucking remote control or something. Can't do it. So, so okay, let's talk about the people that are remote. Um, in the top you know, sections there, we have a computer programmer. Yeah. So all right, let's actually talk your... So is the computer programmer, is that what you're talking about, the, the UX people, as far as uh, product engineers? They would be one of those okay. people. So let's talk about that specific example, because I thought it was really interesting how you said, hey, either I can promote from 175 and I can move into a senior role for 215. Oh, yeah. Or, hey, I'm pretty damn good. I'm clearly ready for, for senior. I'm pretty damn good. This is basically on autopilot, making buck seventy five, fantastic money. Let me go do this. I don't plan on my current role because it's not like they just say F their current role. They still do their job. But now I'm just going to go take a second one. I'm going to do that for Uber or whatever. Right? Yeah, and how I was imagining this is, imagine one of your B players that you're like, man, this guy is a B plus, probably an A player ready for senior. Yep. And they're just like this. Hey, you know what? Nah, I want to be B minus. And you know what's crazy? 
I don't think there's a hiring authority in this world that would take that would not take a B minus employee, especially a B minus player employee that's already been on board uh-huh. for five years. And you know, now that we're on our third beer, that's why I'm not opposed to this. Say say it again, Jerry. I'm not opposed to this to people working two jobs, yeah. working forty hours a week. Yeah, because. I think we're getting too fixated on 40 hours. And this is very similar. And this is what I was talking about right before we cracked that second beer. Four hour work week. We're talking about production. Are we talking about how long your ass is in that seat, metaphorically, because they're remote workers? Look, I don't care. So if I'm a, a product engineer, I don't care if I'm a business owner. If it takes you 100 hours or if it takes you one hour, to fix that bug that I need fixed to increase my UX. I just care that it's fixed. Yeah. It's on you if it takes you 100 hours. I'm paying you a salary. So if you can do it in an hour and that's your task, cool. So that's why. Now, if you're just mailing it in and that quiet quitting and all that other bullshit that has become trendy right now. Excuse me. That's a different topic but you know even in this overworked.com you know it's become highly popularized it said be average well guys the majority of the workforce is average so hey my a players take it down to where now you're just a c guy to where you uh, literally blend in you're not going to be a chip bag and and not do the work you're still going to do it you just found a way to take advantage of an awesome situation so hats off to you as long as you're doing your job because i'm not paying you for 40 hours i'm paying you to do a job yeah so i i actually kind of was going down the same rabbit hole as you i was actually kind of thinking like why would i why would i if you're so good at your job why do i care if you have a second job the only thing that got me a little caught up and i want to bounce this off you is do you believe that certain employers care about their employees and their families? Yes. Okay. Do you think that certain employees or employers might kind of go above and beyond for their employees above just the salary and the benefits? Yes. Right? For example, let's say, hey, all of a sudden I find out that your wife, God forbid, has cancer. Yep. Right? Not your wife, but just your yeah, employee. Yeah, I, yeah. In general. Yeah. I might pay some of their medical bills mm-hmm. as an employer. Because you know what? You've been my employee for seven years. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and help you out with some of your medical bills. Uh-huh. Is that in our contract? <clears throat> nope. Okay. So I'm going above and beyond. Yep. When when I have in your contract, hey, you're going to work for me. And my expectation is, is that not only am I going to pay for you to be trained, I'm going to pay for your onboarding. I'm going to pay for all these things. I'm not just going to say, hey, you're hired on as a product designer. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put an investment into you that is up and above your salary for not just mediocre work, but I'm hoping you become an A player on my team and I can promote you and you can move into a role, whatever, whatever it is. I feel like there is kind of a, an opposite kind of feedback to you is employers are like, hey, I, I do help sometimes. And I can imagine when you're a big public company, I get it, you're a number here. Right, you're a Google employee, but then again, Google's like this. Hey guys, we're gonna offer family services. We're gonna offer free food because we want people to eat healthier. 
We want you to live longer. Those are all things that I think they're saying, hey, we're going above and beyond. Maybe it's also because of competition. Now, Google probably was the one that started it, and then people have to compete with them. But still, they offered those things to entice people to work for them. Mm -hmm. And so I look at them like, man, maybe these employers are also trying to not just have a bunch of C players on their team, average people. Mm -hmm. So you get hired on because they believe in you becoming an A player at one point in time, and then you just never become an A player. I, I, I would be upset if I was the employer, if I was giving more than what was just in the contract. What do you think about that? No, fair pushback, fair point. Um, really tugging at heartstrings, honestly. It, but but it, it's not like that was a, a far-fetched example. That No. Luckily, we live in a society to where, yes, that's rare and that's incredible. It's remarkable, but it's not rare, too, at the same time, right? Like, mean? that does happen. I like, would you, say majority of people are employed by small businesses that probably care about their employees' families, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Imagine your very first employee. <clears throat> You're probably going to attend their child's birthday. Okay, well, that means you're going above and beyond right there. You're giving their child a gift. Mm-hmm. So you would expect the employee to also, you know, maybe even come to your child's birthday. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, oh, man, it gets a little sensitive when you're not one of these huge companies. But even huge companies probably want to do that kind of stuff within their individual teams. So what are you thinking? So in your in your current role, have you ever put in over... 40 hours a week? Yeah. Would you say that's almost like the norm? I don't know if it's the norm, but... So I leave your house at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. A client reaches out to you? I'm going to respond via their email, yeah. Okay. So you're always on, is what I'm trying to say. That's going above and beyond day in and day out. So, and I think that's the norm. I don't think that's the norm. Okay. I think you're, you're going from a sales perspective. Guys, I'm in sales. Jared's in sales. I think the norm is is respond tomorrow for most, like a computer programmer is like, well, that problem will be solved tomorrow morning. Product designers, that problem will be solved tomorrow morning. Right? And even some salespeople say, hey, that problem will be solved tomorrow morning. Even if I respond, the person probably won't even read it till tomorrow morning. So so here's, okay. Fair pushback. Sorry. No, 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 no. Dude. This is, this is the whole point. Yeah. Fucking rules. Fair rebuttal. Okay. No, no concession. You're right. That was purely just sales. aggressive right now. I like it. We're going to fight later. All right. So. Might be this Rio Salado drink. Oh, yeah? Feel, feel a little, feel a little <sighs> feisty? Yeah. So what are you thinking here? So what I was going to say, man. So I understand I was, I was maybe overgeneralizing, you know, the population in sales. But. One thing that I've always found really interesting, and, you know, since this whole concept of working two plus jobs has kind of grown because of COVID, you know, what else has became kind of popular? These big ass companies, small and large actually, but the big ones are making the headlines. Mass, five figure layoffs, 10,000, 15,000, 12,000. Well, recently for sure. Yeah. So what I'm saying is about on the masses, right? There's different unique situations to where, of course, you would have extra loyalty to a company. But I'm not talking about friendships or uh, family ties or anything like that. I'm talking about Jimmy goes to apply at Bob's construction company, whatever it is, right? Yeah. 
I always found it so interesting that the professional protocol is to give in your two weeks. Yeah, that is weird. Do you get a professional protocol? Hey, I'm going to fire your ass in two weeks. So literally since the beginning of time from a, from a worker to employer to employee relationship, it's always been shifted. So I think what this did is it purely just kind of leveled the playing field. Like, hey, dude, I understand a hey, company man, I'm loyal, all that shit. But we know that's just bullshit, honestly. Yeah, the, I mean, the whole reason why it's yeah. unpopular to discuss numbers and salaries is literally to benefit the employer. The employer. Dude, I, I, so dude, you just got me here, Because man. of that, I honestly just think this just shifted the power. Like, hey, man, you know what? I'm working from home. Go find somebody else that's as good as me. You can't. Well, I might also have two jobs. Damn, dude, you, that's a good idea. It's a good point. It, employers might have had a little too much power. They have since the beginning of time. Like, literally, you are viewed as unprofessional if you just drop your box tomorrow and say, hey, Bob, I quit. You're viewed as unprofessional. Now, they could fire your ass tomorrow morning, and that's perfectly normally accepted. And there's also individuals that would say, hey, if I wanted to rebuild my entire company, let's say you have 100 employees. How many of those employees would you state that you require to rebuild that entire company tomorrow? Maybe a third that you truly need. Some people might say 10, six. I would hope a third, but yeah. Okay. Right. I'm not saying you're going to have revenue, the same revenue level the next year. Okay. Right. There's still build up time frame, but just like the knowledge base to do it. A hundred. I would say, let's say 10 is a minimum. I'm saying 10 is a minimum, right? You might need 10. I think a lot of employers or owners of companies would probably say that they could go build another company or go build the exact same company with a core group of people and then go hire another 90 people. And that means that 90 people are extremely expendable to your point. And so why... Why are you becoming a company man, right? In uh, what is that? Is that in, not Intel, but uh, IBM terms? Why are you becoming company? Why are you becoming loyal? Almost without loyalty in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, loyalty only should really work if it's bilateral. Yes. Okay, Jared Jones. That's a good one. That's a good one. And that's why I'm okay with it. Yeah. So I'll give you a, this is a fun little story because guys, I'm agreeing right now with Jared. I think, I think I I didn't know where I was going to land on this. I did see several times through this when I was thinking through it, I I couldn't build a good argument against the two job thing. I just thought it was a little unethical to do. Right. And that's just my own ethics, right? Ethics right. Are, are by everybody's individual thing. Exactly. Right. Your like, own moral code. Like you'd feel kind of bad doing it. You'd be like, man, I, every time I get on this meeting, I'm 10 minutes late because my last meeting, my other company mm-hmm. was late. Mm-hmm. I feel bad because I like to be on time to meetings. Personally, you would be oh, very upset would, with yourself. Oh my gosh. It would make my skin crawl. So I just felt like there would be a com- uh, a problem there, conflict almost. Oh man, what was my example? 
IBM company man. Fuck. Ah, that should have been a first beer tangent, not a third beer tangent. Dude, I had a good one too. Oh. Well, hey, guys, we're going to end this with uh, with me being on top and Cody conceding. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I think this was a lively discussion. I, I think there are points both pro and con, but when the dust settles, look, I'm not going to say if, if I open up Jared Jones LLC tomorrow that I'm just going to say, hey, guys, work three or four jobs. I'm not saying that. But I understand why you do that. Yeah, and, and probably if, if, if... I don't think it's a fireable offense yeah. either. My only other thing I'd ask you is, is let's say you uh, owned a company and you were hiring people. Um, and you, and you kind of had the assertion or sorry, the, the belief that maybe somebody was, was working another job, like another exact same job. Would you just double their workload? Because apparently they're too busy. Would you say, Hey, or they're not busy enough, brother. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. Uh, or would you say, Hey, do you need additional pay? Like, how would you deal with that? If you were the employer, because the last thing you want them to do, because at, at some point they're going to have to make a decision. And if you've already invested in this person, let's say for four or five years. Yep. They know that, my process. They, they've actually refined it. Let's just say they are the process because they made it. If you're one of your first employees, right? They're almost, what, I'm not going to say irreplaceable, but it, it would be hard to replace them mm-hmm. in a short period of time. Yep. So let's say they're one of those employees. How do you go about it if you're an employer that says, hey, I need this person to be on board do you just try to overwhelm them and say, hey, no. Or do you say, hey, guys. Probably give them a 20% raise. You say that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would let them know that I know, but I give them a 20% raise because like you said, you know, this is an irreplaceable employee or close to. Do you know how hard it is to find a competent employee, right? And then more importantly, do you know how next to impossible? Because this is one of my core 10, if you will, right? I think, guys, if I'm going to restart my company, yeah. this guy's on it. Yeah. I'd probably give him a 20, 25% raise. And then just, because those dollars are like almost, it's like almost zero dollars in the in the long-term game, right? A 20%, if that guy leaves, you're going to be spending 100% trying to find somebody of take, their salary. It's going to take me, you know, $50,000 for a damn recruiter. It's going to cost me and my team time to interview and process and train. And Probably all goes through two people. Yeah. Uh, 20%, 20-25% raise. Isn't that crazy to think about? Do and you think that's a, a bad course of action? Because I'm sure people are like, you're an idiot. Honestly, I think it might be low because of the example of the junior engineer that gets a second job. Do you know what a dangerous precedent that sets though? I know. So one last thing I'll leave you with because I was thinking about this because of the junior-senior thing. So Google... $170,000, junior engineer, product designer. I'm going to promote you to a senior engineer. You're going to make a whopping $215,000 a year. Holy shit. A lot of money. Or smart junior engineer. Like I said, he's an A guy. He's going to get a promotion. He's going to have a team of three, four guys. And he's still going to do engineering work, but he's going to have a team that's going to you know produce the next Google Maps. Nah. I'm going to become a B minus C plus player on the team. And I'm going to go get another junior engineering job at another tech firm and make 360. So the precedent there for me, if I was a Google or I was another company that didn't want this happening, 
that means that guy, I need to pay him $360,000 a year. But then what does that do to the consumer? Because now you're just massively over, now you're not overpaying. You're massively increasing the overhead of that company. So what are you inevitably doing to the consumer? I agree. I know. I mean, you know how business works. But I'm increasing the Businesses cost. Businesses don't incur cost because the consumer just pay them more, right? I, but I'm saying <laughs> the same thing that consumers are consuming, they're still going to pay more money yeah. from Meta and Google together, right? Because I'm still paying them $170,000 between two different companies or whatever the amount is. Mm-hmm. I, I, but then your senior engineers, you have to pay them more than 360000 you, you see, it, it's a weird conundrum that companies are in. Employers are in a weird conundrum where like, how do I not have employees do this? I can't pay them double. So now I have to promote them into a position that pays them double. Right? But even if you paid a junior engineer, in this example, double the amount of money. Or, or, or the, the, let's just, whatever it is. Yeah. Let's say it's double. Are you giving more responsibility? Because do they really have res- two more responsibility with two junior roles? No. Mm-hmm. And so you actually have to pay them more than double or not increase the responsibilities. And now it starts becoming astronomical for the employer to actually even justify. Dude, I, that's why that was That's the, why I just endorse it. You say go work two jobs. Either don't have remote workers mm. or endorse it. 78% dude or 57 a lot of people okay guys <laughs> thanks for listening today it was interesting I didn't know where we were going to land Me I actually had no idea where I was going to land uh, yeah I, I, I'm confused about the situation but I think Jared's right uh, if they're remote you can't control somebody's personal time I know you think they're on your clock but let's be honest yeah <laughs> If they're working past five, that's not your clock. Yep. Okay. Cool, buddy. Uh, find us on, of course, all the places you find us on. Uh, and now Spotify, YouTube. Yep. All of all, yeah. yeah, yeah. Find us on YouTube, guys. So we've been uh, now dropping all of our episodes uh, live via video on YouTube. Super fun. You guys can watch us interact. See this, uh, you know, cool accent wall. Of course, <laughs> watch us hang out. Jared's laughing. I love it. Of course, you'd give yourself. A Hell yeah, a little bat on the back, <laughs> fun wall. But uh, watch you know, this badass accent wall. Like shit, holy! <laughs> Don't listen to us. Just mute us and just look at the wall for an hour. Get ideas. Get ideas for your own houses. Okay. Anyways, later, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.